Welcome to Let's Admit It, a college admissions podcast hosted by the Boise Bible College Admissions Department. Here, we aim to answer the spoken and unspoken questions of high school students and parents who are looking to learn more about a Christian college experience. You can learn more about Boise Bible College at www.boisebible.edu. Thank you for listening. Hello. Uh, today, I am joined by Dr. Derek Voorhees, a.k.a. President Voorhees, and Brawlin Decker, who is an admissions counselor. Um, Brawlin is going to be taking over yeah. for Mike from last year. So this, I'm Sarah, you've probably heard me last year. Um, this will probably be the only time that you hear me, because um, Brawlin will be being the host for this year. Um, Brawlin, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Brawlin. Like Sarah said, I'm an admissions counselor here at the school. Um, I'm also a student, though, so it kind of gives me a really cool opportunity to be able to interview um, the faculty and staff and get to know them a little bit more as we dive into these podcasts together. Um, I'm going into my sophomore year, um, and I'm really just looking forward to the ways that God moves this year and the way that God moves in students' lives, especially the way that, um, you know, we have an opportunity to grow academically, but also an opportunity through the community of Boise Bible College to grow spiritually together. Yeah. And where are you from, Berlin? I'm from Spokane, Washington, okay. about eight hours away from here. Mm-hmm. And you interned this summer I did. near there. Yeah, I interned okay. at a church about 15 minutes north of there, um, Christ Church of Deer Park. Okay. Interned there, kind of ran the youth ministry over the summer, and it was really good. It was awesome. Cool. You yeah. also golfed. So. Yeah, yeah, golf a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not the best golfer at all, but I tend to get the highest score. So what can I say? <laughs> um, I enjoy it a lot, though. I have a lot of fun with it. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you be the podcast host. Yeah, I think it'll be really cool. Um, good perspective, and um, you're also very fun and outgoing. So it'll be fun. Um, so today we are just talking about vision for, um, the college, um, and what Dr. V's, uh, vision is for this new school year, maybe beyond, um, you know, the next five years, what that looks like. And, um, we're just going to have a conversation about that. So now let's admit it. All right, so first question, Dr. Voorhees. Um, how was your summer? It was, it was good. It was busy with some traveling personally as well as for the college. Mm-hmm. Where was the, your, let's say personally, yeah. where was your favorite place that you went? So right after graduation, shortly uh, after that, Nell and I went to Boston, mm-hmm. uh, where her brother lives. So we were there for about a week. That was awesome. And then just right at the end of the summer before resuming, uh, you know, mm-hmm. returning for the semester, we were in Tennessee, where mm-hmm. the grandson was yeah. born, just about five months old, so oh, awesome. the beginning and end of the summer was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And fun in the middle, just a different fun. Sure. Yeah. 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 And then, where'd you go for the school? Yeah, so, uh, I actually had to kind of remember, eight different churches. Wow. Wow. And Idaho, and Washington, and Oregon, and even Alaska. No way. And spoke at That's a couple of different camps and conferences. Okay. So it's just a great way to be with churches that support the school and even some churches that, that are now going to support the school mm-hmm. and some, some new friends and some alumni. Yeah. So that was good. Very, very fruitful. Yeah. Wow. Lot, you're busy. 
lots of traveling that good though. yeah good though. I, enjoy, I enjoy that yeah it's fun uh-huh. to be able to see new or see people that you've haven't seen for a while maybe mm-hmm. meet some new people so that's mm-hmm. really cool yeah adults you know leaders of churches alumni lots of students so mm-hmm. we to interact with quite a few high school students mm-hmm. through that's great yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's super good you read any books lately? Have any? Yeah, so any books? <laughs> kind of the way I, I I read kind of just like with with multiple books open all at once and mm-hmm. kind of just bounce a little bit. That may be the best discipline, but <laughs> I have just multiple reasons for reading. Mm-hmm. So a couple of books that I kind of just been continually touching that even started last year. Uh, Esau Macaulay's book Reading While Black, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Drew Hart's got a book called Trouble I've Seen, a couple of books just on mm. some of the racial yeah, tensions. Yeah. And I don't want to leave those um, completely aside. One book I started in the spring that I kind of touch here and there, Todd Bolsinger has written a new book called Tempered Resilience. Mm. It's more of a leadership book, kind of on the anvil of leadership and getting hammered. Yeah. And what's that look like? Yeah. That's been a stretching book. Uh, pretty easy when Craig Rochelle wrote one called Dangerous Prayers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wrote that a couple of years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, and I, I had never read that, so that was good um, to read through on some plain mm-hmm. view. So, and then, uh, interestingly, for today's topic, I uh, picked up uh, a book and started listening to the podcast by Michael Hyatt called uh, The Vision Driven Leader. Wow. Okay. And he's just a master at visioning mm-hmm. things, yeah. so Michael Hyatt's been stretching mm-hmm. this idea of vision. Mm-hmm. So you kind of touched on some of the books that have racial issues, and I know, especially right now, we as Christians often are like, oh no, how do we even approach this subject? Um, so what would you say are kind of just your biggest takeaways away from those books? These couple of books, I'm kind of, I've been kind of picky, to be honest, sure. with books that are going to be as biblically slash theologically grounded as possible, mm. to kind of be able to navigate through a lot of the social slash political things mm-hmm. that kind of take that word racism and, and kind of spin it out of control. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I just needed something that's going to be a bit more scholarly. Sure. Um, but these are these are two African American gentlemen. I'm going to pick some gentlemen that are going to stretch me from their hermeneutic, from right. their, how they view things. Their experience. Things. Yeah. So um, that's been helpful for me, and I think that's just going to help me kind of just continue to help. Yeah. Um, maybe the school and the leadership of the school think. Good. Yeah. Several of us are reading these sorts of books, yeah, so I'm yeah. not alone, I'm not alone. Right, yeah. No, that makes me happy to hear that you guys are willing to kind of just dive into this situation. Trying. Yeah, that's Trying. encouraging. I've actually been also reading while black. Mm-hmm. And reading, reading while black. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've taken it pretty slow, because yeah. it's pretty sure. heady okay. for me, at least. But um, it's also been really, really good. Yeah, he's a, he's Macaulay's a scholar, a biblical mm-hmm. scholar, and so that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. It's very helpful in the midst of a lot of books that have come out. So mm-hmm. That's just my perspective. Yeah, I think he's got a pretty precise voice on some things. Mm-hmm. That's he's awesome. Dangling it from what a biblical hermeneutic could yeah. be like. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. 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 Um, so we talked. You talked about the vision book, vision vision driven leader, mm-hmm. right? So um, just to dive into that. Why do you think it's important to have a vision, mm-hmm. whether you're stepping into a new ministry, you know, maybe in your role, an institution? Um, why is it important to have a vision? Well, you know, this, the college has a mission. It's pretty clear, and it's sort of the what. Mm-hmm. What defines us? It's sort of the, it's a brief statement, a mission statement. A vision statement can have a bit of a tagline, maybe a bit of a bumper sticker, 
um, Twitter element to it. Yeah, this was actually more robust. There's like key performance indicators and strategies and sure. mile markers that, that are beneath whatever right. vision statement there is. So I think it's important because it spells out where we want to go, not just what, but where mm. and how. Mm. How do we get there? So I think what's helpful for the college, and we're actually working through this as a college, we've been kind of doing this for a while, but more intently even uh, this summer and even into the fall, defining what our vision is. And I think, you know, aligning mm. departments within the college and aligning our own personal idea of what Boys Bob College exists for mm. and making sure that the leaders have an aligned vision is really important, very important. So I think we're all aligning in our mission, and I think our vision is it has some work yet to be done. So yeah. um, I think that creates some success to be achieved and a success to be applauded mm. when you see that vision mm. met mm. with uh, hitting those key performance indicators yeah. and those measurements along the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. We, um, as a staff the last few years, or staff and faculty, we've gone to um, GLS where they talk about your grander vision, yeah, mm -hmm. right? What's your grander vision for this ministry for your life? Um, where do you see it, um, you know, 10 years, 20 years, you know? So for the college, um, Dr. V, what is your grander vision? Yeah, I really have a heart for, the, for Boys and Bible College to be um, a resource to the church. Mm. Uh, and when I say that, I mean the global church. Yeah. That's a little bit out of our, that stretches us. So the vision ought to be a stretching idea. So we're thinking, what's that look like to be a resource to churches in the Northwest? That's, sure. that's going to be challenging. But how can be a resource broader than that? Yeah. A tagline that's really helpful for me is this word, bridesmaid for the bride. The college mm -hmm. is a bridesmaid serving the bride. How mm -hmm. can we help the bride be beautiful, healthy, thrive, mm -hmm. ready for the groom yeah. to mm -hmm. reappear? And I think that's, I have that. And that involves a couple of things. I think it involves equipping, that's part of our mission statement. Yeah. It involves equipping the Brawlins, mm -hmm. Sarah University, equipping mm -hmm. sure. students to graduate and to be placed into a ministry. Uh, our heart is for the church, a ministry with the church or a parachurch. Um, but I think it also involves, our, that equipping word isn't just for students who are enrolled, mm -hmm. but our equipment word, I think we, we're, we're tooled and we're skilled and we're, we are loaded with faculty who, who equip really well yeah. for students, but what about uh, staff churches? Sure. Or leaders in churches, um, volunteers in churches, eldership in churches. I think yeah. that equipping, so part of the vision, I think the grand vision is that we can be a resource to the church at that um, seminar level. Mm -hmm. You know, how can we be on the road to be in front of uh, youth leaders yeah. and the youth pastors, senior pastors and their eldership to help kind of just come alongside them and raise up a generation yeah. to have a real ache and a real heart for the church. And I, I think what we're seeing is a slippage a little bit in a desire to see the church be strong and healthy. Yeah. There's a bit of circumventing the church. Love Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But the church is kind of messy and I'm not quite sure I like the institutionalization of it or things. And so there's a lot of various churches. So how can we be a resource to the broader capital C church at various yeah. levels? 
that's a that's a daunting task. Right? Yeah, it's a bit of our vision. Yeah, totally. So kind of looking ahead at your grander vision, uh, Dr. Cody Christensen, he's the dean of students here. Yeah. He always says vision is future success or yeah. what future success looks like. Um, and so kind of in the future, thinking about when you can look back and know that Boise Bible College has been a good bridesmaid. It's prepared the bride well. Does that kind of make you excited looking into the future and knowing the potential? Oh, yeah. I think, I think to tag on to what Cody would say about what, what our reality would look like yeah. would be that we are successful partners with local churches such that the emerging generation in those churches becomes yeah. more globally um, mm. aching mm. Yeah. for the unreached, more kingdom-oriented. Mm. And I'd say, because of our middle name as a college, more biblically minded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be a success. When, yeah. we see, when we see an emerging generation being biblically minded, kingdom-oriented, globally driven yeah. to reach the unreached, okay, then I think we're actually a good partner, or we're playing an ally with local churches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I think churches, that's, that's the church's responsibility. Absolutely. I think sure. the college can play as a bridesmaid some role of assistance because we're just loaded with a faculty and staff yeah. gifted, talented, and passionate. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's my vision. Mm. It takes a lot of work to do that. Mm. And it's not my vision. I'd say that's the administrative board vision. Yeah. Sure. But we're, yeah. we're forcing ourselves to really spell it out. What's that look like? Yeah. By October, how do we do that? By mm. December, what, how do we have some measurements? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. pressing towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what are some action steps or things that you guys have talked through um, to kind of reach that grander vision? Well, I would say one of the things that that we know we need to do is to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're out among maybe our home church community, but actually get out and to travel across the state lines mm-hmm. to other churches. Yeah. Um, my job, but it's a shared responsibility, and not just an admissions office job. Sure, I mean, it can't just be that it's a, it's a full BBC team effort yeah. to get out. And I think we have a we're not arm twisting our team to do that. Mm-hmm. Time is challenging, family yeah. is demanding, yeah. church investment is important. But mm-hmm. How do we do that? So, but trying to find a balance. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. But I think that's the great thing about Boise Bible College too. Is I mean, even if it's an, technically an admissions job, right? The I think all the faculty and staff is so passionate about Boise Bible College that they don't really hesitate in sharing that or wanting to share that. So yeah. I think that gives us a really good opportunity in, in what you're saying. Indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this fall, one, one thing that we're doing just to kind of narrow that down a little bit with the vision, that, that's a multi-year vision of what I've been talking mm-hmm. about. But yeah. There's some expediency. And one of the things I think that we've thought through, at least I've thought through in mind of the chapel theme for this year, mm-hmm. which will carry over into spring conference theme in May, mm-hmm. is the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so this idea, Sarah, one of the words I threw out to the staff in our staff meeting was reset. So to kind of reset our focus on what the kingdom could look like, mm. and that's a larger, more serious need in front of us. Yeah. One of the things, um, at least Brian, I'd love to get your reaction to this, but I shared with the faculty and staff mm. that we have a lot of pressing needs right in front of us right now. A mm. lot of racial unrest, a lot of political tribalism, Mm-hmm. There's some gender confusion. Those are sure, immediately yeah. important needs right in front of us. Yeah. But the kingdom forces us to think larger than those immediate needs. Yeah. And totally. that's a tension point to even say that statement. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But there's a sense of that we could we be be could the larger global unreached need be mm. coming eclipsed by mm. the more pressing American nation need? Yeah, yeah, totally. And both and so I'm in the and a reset into and. Yeah. The kingdom yeah. is an and. Mm-hmm. Here now, right in our area, but and 
we've got to think larger yeah. uh, to other to the to the nations. It's part of our mission. Well, I think that's a part of what Jesus, you know, when he's praying to the Father in John 17, and he asks that his disciples would be set apart from the world. Yep. That, you know, maybe we could look past these things for a moment and be kingdom-oriented, like what you're saying. I think when we're kingdom-driven, we grow a little bit closer to who the king is, too. Yeah, I think so. So here, the attention of this year, at least one one aspect of the vision is to reset our minds on the kingdom, and that word "and" becomes an important thing because yeah. I think the pressing things immediately in front of us have distracted us. Hear me when I say that. Sure. <laughs> distracted us from another more larger macro. Mm. So the micro, the urgency of the micro, can can almost eclipse the macro larger. Yeah. So I want to. I think we need to reset the kingdom forces us to think and. Mm. Yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah. Well, again, easy to say. Sure. Right? Yeah. Harder to do. Yeah. Yeah, but we're trying to. Trying to really think yeah. about what that is. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you kind of shared your vision for this school year. Um, how has that kind of shifted from maybe previous years or maybe, you know, this last year with um, COVID or with um, the racial unrest or the political tribalism, maybe how has it shifted from even last year or two years ago? Or has it? Um, I would say it's, it shifted some just by some of those things in the last 18 months mm. that have really surfaced in our nation. Yeah. Um, and I would say uniquely different in the Northwest part of our nation yeah. than other parts of yeah. our 50 states. Uh, so it's, maybe it shifted us to just bear in mind those issues have always been kind of under the surface and now they've surfaced. Mm-hmm. And we need to be mindful of that. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I, would just, I, I would just think that the need for more harvest workers, mm-hmm. yeah. the need for more, and, and for our mission, the need for more leaders of the church mm. is, is very real right now. Just that we're seeing slippage in numbers, data, Mm-hmm. of numbers of, of a younger generation brought yeah, us here yeah. and that and mm-hmm. just kind of chucking the church to the curb a little bit and therefore the need to want to lead the bride mm-hmm. is a real void right now and so mm-hmm. so part of the shifting that I think this last 12 to 18 months has revealed some things is it's actually highlighted for us our unique position and our value and our, mm-hmm. our importance as a college for this mm-hmm. emerging generation that's yeah. in front of us so, I mean, I would, I'd love to see in the next five years mm-hmm. that yeah. we would have, you know, 250 students, right now 90, 250. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty large, steep hill to climb sure. in three to five years. But mm-hmm. but not for the sake of Boise Bible College, but for the larger need. Yeah. 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 For the sake of the church and the church's role in the kingdom. So, um I think that's going to be important. So, you know, yeah. that, I think that, that takes on a different aspect. So one of the things we've talked about and are talking about is our on-campus presence, mm. residential. Mm. But the, the 250 students, if that's a, if that's a legitimate number to aim at, would also include some sort of a distance presence of students, some hybrid mm. yeah. or some sort of an online. And we've, we've dabbled in that, but we're leaning into that pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like... For example, in Spokane, just sprawling, you know, if there were students or even staff members at a church or even like leaders of the church that were marketplace leaders, but they wanted to to complete like a leadership degree at Boise Bible College, they could transfer in some credits or their guest degree, Mm. their associate degree, 
or fast-track towards a leadership degree that we offer. Mm. And we want to do that online. We want to do yeah. it in a distance format. We think that helps the church. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. You know? We've always known coming to Boise is challenging, so the 18 to 22-year-olds are our primary target. But we're seeing more and more career changers, mm-hmm. yeah. midlife yeah. adjustments. And mm-hmm. so how do we help the church thrive towards that, uh, equipping from a bit of a distance? And so I think we have everything in place. Yeah. We're going to press that in the next 12 months. Yeah. Can I just pick your brain on that for yeah. a second? So what, what would that maybe look like cross-culturally? I mean, outside uh, of maybe the nation, you know? We were talking, we had a prayer meeting up here last night um, mm-hmm. where we were just praying over Haiti and um, Afghanistan and um, you know, something that Anthony Simpson had said was that, you know, those people are dying even for a fraction of the education that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just curious, you know, maybe over the next 10 years, what, what that hybrid, those hybrid classes or online classes might look like cross-culturally and what kind of an impact that can have on the international church. Yeah, so there's two things just in response to that. The first one is, you know, we're, we're looking to recruit students. So that's a bit of what we do. We're yeah. in training ground. And when you leave the U.S., Mm. There are different hurdles in academic yeah. requirements and, and all that, that we as institutions are required to abide by. Yeah, yeah. So in the States, we can do some cross-state residential um, or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, training from, if you're, if you're being mentored beneath your pastor, we can sure. do that. Yeah, yeah. When, it, when it leaves the nation of the U.S. to other nations, that's in our heart, but yeah. it, it probably couldn't be for credit. Right. So if we're going to do something, we're going to pack something at a platform level that could be a a video-oriented hybrid mm-hmm. experience. I think we could do that internationally. It just wouldn't be for credit. It's right. Like there's not, there's sure. not going to be a degree. A degree attached. Yeah. I'm not saying it can't be. Uh, those are different hurdles and obstacles yeah. That, yeah. that would need to be addressed. Right. That's more in the academic realm. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, there's some more, you know, just little certification things and things yeah. like that we have to jump through in order to offer that overseas. No, but our but, would be to be able to do that, to train up leaders yeah. in churches yeah. in, in Haiti or in South America or in Europe or yeah. Africa, to be able to offer our expertise, um, mm-hmm. how to do that in a way that, that uh, is understood as there's not a degree we can we can award you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the tuition dollars across... National sure. lines aren't quite the same. Yeah. So it just gets a little yeah, yeah. But I think I think both can be achieved to some degree. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But we I mean again, we see the heart of American churches slipping. Mm. And in many ways, international churches are, are thriving. Yeah. Because they're in a different context of pressure and especially unreached nations, you know, ninety plus yeah. percent of the people there are not Christians and, and we're seeing churches just really? explode. And so the leadership development need is large. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we just we just had a conversation um, with the international students um, a couple days ago, and the in Myanmar, and mm-hmm. um, the mission head of their organization in Myanmar was saying that a lot of their pastors in their churches are. Um, passing away due to COVID. And Mm -hmm. so they're really struggling to find leaders for their churches. And so um, the international student, they really want to get him over here and train Mm -hmm. him so that he can go back and lead churches over there. So, And and those are the things that would be really interesting to see if if pastors around the world had some degree, credentialed degree beneath them mm-hmm. that can be transferred in and do some sort of a fast track training so they're not here for four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking on my realm just a bit because they're academic right. um, sure. channels. But yeah. 
But I think we all here at the college agree that the passion nationally as well as internationally is very important. Hmm. So I think we are poised in position to do that. Yeah. I would add one more thing in the next couple of years, part of our vision um, for our students equipping is to do like an extended internship. We're calling it like our residency. That's, hmm. that's, a, that's a word that's used around block now, but hmm. our residency idea is like an extended up to nine month internship hmm. under uh, an agreed upon coach yeah. or a qualified coach or mentor that would really, and allow you Ron, for example, to do a seven to nine month internship or residency right? Um, and take classes while you're not on campus. Yeah, yeah. And that would be an international experience, Sarah, for students to go to get an experience abroad underneath a yeah. coach or a mentor and mm-hmm. still hit their graduation date. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we have our first, uh, student this this year yeah so we're hoping to really expand that into next year the following years because we really think again our partnership with churches is the best way for a sarah or a ball to be equipped we can't do that all by ourselves yeah right so our internship residency program really cuts their teeth a little better yeah i think that's encouraging to hear kind of from a student's perspective too that you know, not the staff and faculty isn't just trying to stay where they have been, you know, for 75 years or so, but how can we grow and reach reach the masses even better? Yeah, it's challenging for faculty to do this. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we as a faculty have primarily been been equipped and trained largely on in-person instruction, so we yeah. do that really well. To do that also on online, some of us have done some of that, but it, it's, it's a different tactic to yeah. teach online. Yeah. It's a different, it, it's not the same. Yeah, totally. So, uh, kudos for our academic world under Chuck Faber and the faculty mm. really leading the charge to be nimble and to pivot appropriately for some of these visionary steps. Yeah, yeah. And they're up for it. Mm. They are. Because they're passionate for the yeah. gospel spread through the church. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, that sounds so exciting. It kind of, um, you know, it makes me excited for the future generations that are coming, um, you know, under that vision and the just also to see hmm. what can happen globally, you know, with students going out from Boise Bible College. You know, we always talk yeah. about how there's there's alumni on all different continents, and um, so it'll be exciting to see that expand even more for the kingdom yeah, and, of Jesus. Yeah, in our academy just this week, Sarah, I, I asked, we were talking about vision, and I asked about the legacy of the college, just kind of a general question about what is it that defines the legacy of Boise Bible College? And, and pretty quickly the answer was, well, our alumni. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the president, it's not our board, it's not the amazing faculty we've had, it's, it's the graduates of our school that are yeah. out doing field work right. in the harvest field and doing the gospeling, and largely for the church. Of course, we have many graduates who have stepped into marketplace roles. Man, we applaud and cheerlead them on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know they're going to be amazing volunteers in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a volunteer or vocationally uh, salaried, mm-hmm. the church is our heartbeat. And we're seeing our alumni, we pray our alumni will continue to mm-hmm. invest back into the church yeah. as they graduate. So that's part of our legacy. And we mm-hmm. want to keep that... You know, to have our destiny, that's, that's a good synonym to vision. What's our destiny? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really based on our alumni, our legacy. So yeah. that destiny and legacy idea kind of go hand in hand, looking at the past but looking forward to the future Yeah. Mm-hmm. with what our vision could be for more graduates. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not to promote the name of Boys Bible College, but the name of Jesus. Mm. Yep. And we don't take that, that's not a nice slogan, that's serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Really serious. We want to deflect everything away from us. You know? Yeah, totally. Well, um, 
Thank you for sharing your vision, uh, Derek, with us. Just want to. It's still in the works. Yeah, yeah, still things happening, but it's still exciting. Um, just switch gears a little bit into the last question. So, uh, last year we asked the question, you know, what would you tell a prospective student, um, maybe thinking about Voice of Bible College? Um, this year I'm kind of changing it a little bit to, uh, in what ways is Boise Bible College relevant? Um, mm. You know, for churches or maybe for other leaders in the marketplace or future students. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier that you think we're in a unique position. So why do you think we're here for such as a time as this? And just to echo one thing, kind of what I said earlier about the word and, I think mm -hmm. our faculty and our staff are, are very well suited and very well equipped to, to now equip students both on campus, residential or enrollees, mm -hmm. and off campus, alum and pastors in the field. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think, I think that's why we have the team that we have right at the moment. But let me elaborate on that. Why are we relevant? Are we relevant? I think the college is still very, very relevant mm. um, because we do this really well. Praise the Lord. Mm. We equip biblically-minded leaders. Mm. When students graduate with their four-year bachelors, they're more biblically-minded. Their cornea now sees the world through a biblical lens in a stronger way. And therefore, they're going to communicate well through biblical lens. They're going to listen well with biblical ears. They're going to, they're going to look and care and have a humble heart because of the biblical formation that, that took place. I think it's really relevant mm -hmm. in a biblically illiterate growing nation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Where there is no worldview, but I think we're, we're creating, or now we're creating, we're sending and being used to resource leaders with that perspective. Are we relevant? Yeah. I would say one of the things that's making us relevant is we've kind of revamped over the last few years our freshman experience. Yeah. You kind of take yeah. this a little bit last year for all, and it's even a little more stronger this this fall sure. where we moved classes out of the freshman year to our sophomore year because for example <laughs> the book of acts was a historic first year freshman class mm -hmm. but we're seeing more and more students come that don't even have a biblical uh, technical term hermeneutic yeah. a, a way to interpret the bible so getting getting into acts there's yeah. a lot of things that dr luke recorded there that our students are able to grasp it we're punting that our sophomore year and we're putting biblical interpretation class into the freshman mm. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the Life of Christ classes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've had some freshmen get into the Life of Christ class. Boy, they didn't have a paradigm yet to even think about what gospel literature is like <laughs> and why Jesus does this and that. So this year, yeah. we, we've inserted a brand new class that's just going to introduce the students again. Mm -hmm. It's not a given. Right. But introduce the students or reintroduce the students to the person of Jesus. Yeah. And you're teaching that. Yeah, right? it's a brand new class that that I've not taught before. It's a different style of teaching than I normally do. Certainly more dialogical and more experiential. Um, the beauty of it is this fall I teach that and in the spring I teach Big Mentor. Cool. So to put those two together over the course of the year, that freshman experience, you know, let me be a little more transparent with that. Are we relevant? I think so because we're trying to be savvy with how we're equipping freshmen coming in, this generation coming in. Mm -hmm. For example, ethics class. Yeah. Was a required freshman class. It's not anymore. Mm -hmm. Because if we're assumption is, is, is correct, that students are coming in with less of a biblical paradigm established, then how can they think about what a biblical ethic is mm -hmm. yeah. without getting some semesters under their belt to think? And so we punted ethics to the sophomore year. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And that's challenging because ethics is a real deal, especially when we sure. talk about some of the things going on. It's like, well, we want to establish, we don't want to assume you have this, we want to establish in cement for your biblical worldview. Yeah. So if a student's here for one year, we hope to get that accomplished. If they're return for their sophomore year, then now we'll tackle some ethical, moral issues mm. that are really delicate and dicey and challenging. Mm-hmm. And now we have something, a bedrock. Yes. Mm-hmm. So are we relevant? I think we're really trying to be relevant. Mm-hmm. And part of that is one of our value statements is innovation. Mm-hmm. And we're learning from churches how to be innovative, how to be nimble, how to pivot, how to adjust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're watching ch- churches and listening to churches say, we need this or we're sensing this. And so we've adjusted over the last few years, our freshman year, yeah. to mm-hmm. be more relevant for students coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're here for a time like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a... It's a challenging phrase. It's a gulping phrase. Yeah. But it's one that I think, if we take it serious that we're trying to be a bridesmaid to the bride, that we can't just stay in our own little, uh, on, under a rock, little, little existence yeah. place here on a miracle. Mm. We have to try to continue to stretch ourselves. And kudos for our, to our cabinet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an amazing cabinet stretching us forward mm. mm-hmm. and being stretched forward to try and be relevant. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Thank you so much, Derek, for mm-hmm. sharing all of that. Appreciate um, opportunity to share that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Brawlin, for taking over the yeah. podcast after today. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for joining us, for listening, and we hope that you have enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week. <laughs>